one of the questions that we got a number of times from folks that aren't necessarily clients of Beck Bodie, but along the way was, why is your podcast called the No Bonds Cast? That's You've heard great. that one before. Uh, that is great. Yes. Yeah. That, that's a perfect question for you, right? It, it couldn't it be is, better. right? Um, and it it got me thinking about an article I read in Barron's magazine. It was a couple of months ago. And it was talking about Apple, the company Apple, mm -hmm. and how Apple has not only done this in the past, but stated specifically the reasons behind what they're doing and what they have been doing and what was featured in the article. I think it was like July or August of this year. Uh, we'll have to link to it or something because it was a, just a, I say it's a good article. It was just an interesting information. So Apple is, plans to, and has been issuing bonds to the public. So essentially when somebody, when a company issues bonds, in this case, it's a corporate bond, a corporation, essentially they are asking the public to lend the money in return for a fixed rate of interest over a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So Apple is doing this and being very upfront literally stating what the money that they receive from investors is going to be used for, which is purchasing their own stock, hmm. or as they say, buying back their own stock. So to me, reading an article like that and knowing that Apple has engaged in things like that in the past, other certainly other companies do that as well, but I just found it so interesting because it's something that's not talked about that often. Companies do buybacks all the time, but specifically Apple is, is going out to the issuing bonds to the public, asking them to lend so that they can repurchase their own, use those proceeds to repurchase their own stock. What does that tell you about how Apple feels about bonds? Right? I mean... And so when I get that question of the no bonds cast, folks are asking from their perspective at this particular point in time, we've been no bonds essentially since I learned, I went through the educational process in the first few years of my career. And I just learned about the types of things, not knowing what Apple was going to do in the future, but understanding how bonds, a fixed rate of interest for clients of mine and clients that I will have in the future, they don't do any good for. They're mm. not productive. They are lending to companies for a fixed rate of interest versus owning, being a partial owner in the companies and benefiting from the future growth of that company, which is the definition of a stock in the company. So learned really early on that bonds are not 
useful tools in helping clients and investors alone achieve the returns over time in order to outpace the rate at which their cost of living is increasing. Maybe I should dig into that a little further because that, that, that's an important one that I, I didn't mention yet. Your cost of living increasing. So for example, look at the last 30 years, look at the last 100 years, you look at any basically any 30 year rolling period. I say 30 years because that's typically when somebody retires, that's typically the life expectancy, the joint life expectancy of somebody retiring in their 60s. You know, one of the spouses, statistically speaking, is going to live into their 90s. So that means that that you need enough money and you need your money to be able to provide you a lifestyle and income for 30 plus years once you retire. One wrinkle, it's a big one in that entire equation is that's not static, right? If you have a million dollars, you put it under your mattress, we have this thing called inflation, which is in the news today, obviously, because inflation is elevated versus his, the historical it's always there. And so at a rate of historical rate of 3% per year, that's what inflation kind of chugs along at. In other words, on average, using the trend line historical average uh, uh, increase of inflation, your money, not if you don't do the right things, it depreciates, its purchasing power depreciates at a rate of about 3% on average historical. What does that mean? Next year, if you don't do anything with your money this year, next year, whatever $10 buys you today, it's going to be able to buy you 3% less hmm. next year. And think of compounding every year if you don't do the right thing with it. A lot. Now, that's saying a lot. You know, that's saying, I don't, we don't, we feel so strongly about the growth potential of the equity markets over the long term versus the bond markets that we're actually re we're actually issuing bonds to repurchase our own stock it's pretty incredible how does that well i mean if, if they don't believe in it how could mm -hmm. we believe in it right <laughs> that's yeah. the first thing um and then the other thing is, you know, this thing about inflation being like the hot topic right now, I think a lot of people just think that it's just right now. And what you're saying is that this has been going on exactly. forever, right? It's like, oh, this is, this has been going on for a very long time. And so this isn't what you're describing, isn't just some idea, some fad, some trend that you came up with to address this particular point in time that we're in. But this, what you practice is a strategy that you have been practicing for close to 20 years now, and that, you know, you're, the people that you learned it from have been practicing for even longer. So this is, I, I love hearing you say it over and over again, because it confirms in my own mind that this is not some like trend, some hot idea, some, some thing that just popped out of nowhere to address this particular moment we find ourselves in. Exactly. I'm looking down right now because I'm actually doing the financial calculator calculation of what that actually means when you don't do anything productive with your money. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and what kind of effect um, inflation has on your capital over a time period similar to one's retirement as a family. So if you have a million dollars, you know, when you enter retirement, mm -hmm. and we're assuming just historical inflation, not the elevated levels that it's at right now, but the historical information, uh, the compounding effect of inflation on your money means what you could buy with a million dollars at the end of retirement, you could only buy a thousand. That means your purchasing power, the value of your money over time has gone down by almost 60, 60, 60% over that's crazy. time. And that's, that's something that the word inflation gets bantered about. You have conversations with people. They've definitely heard of it. I'd go so far as to somebody understands the analogy. Hey, what did a what did buying a car cost in mm. 1990 versus today? Well, you, you all get that, right? Yeah. But then when it comes to when it comes to our own money, that money, we have other things that creep in, right? We have other factors and variables that cause us emotionally to make decisions that are counter to what's inevitable. Hmm. For example, over 30 years, over a hundred years, the empirical evidence is there that, that the diversified markets, owning a diversified portfolio of great companies, S&P 500, for example, over time, return has returned an average annual return north of 10% with dividends reinvested. Over that those time periods, corporate bonds, for example, about 6%. Yeah. After inflation, you do the math, the return of owning great companies has outpaced lending to great companies by more than half by i'm sorry by more than double mm -hmm. and so when we think about our own futures as investors as achieving our long-term goals and objectives want to make sure that we actually act like investors and not like savers we've <laughs> talked about you know safety at all times above all else puts you in a position of losing the value of your money every year without even realizing it and so i read that article and then i and then i reflect on all the questions i get about why no bonds because this is such a serious serious issue with human beings everywhere hmm. that how they choose to invest or save for that matter because of 
fear of volatility, however temporary that volatility lasts, and what kind of effect that has years down the road on their ability to achieve their goals, on their ability to live the type of retirement that they want to live, on their ability to provide some sort of legacy to their children, to their grandchildren, of their ability to, to impact certain causes, philanthropic, charitable, otherwise. It puts all that in peril only because we as human beings are all emotionally wired to flee, <laughs> right? Flee the threat of, in this case, investing money, the volatility that comes along with proper successful investing. So why no bonds? Because that message can never be overstated. Hmm. You cannot fix your rate of return over long periods of time and remotely expect that your money is going to be worth any fraction of what it should and what it needs to be for most of the folks that, that we come across. So why no bonds? That's why no bonds. And that's and, a message that has to be shouted from the mountaintops. And you're the one to do it, Ben. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I really love the distinction between being an investor and being a saver. I think that's really, really powerful. So thank you for mm -hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. Great. Absolutely. Should we do our intro outro? Sure. Before you go, actually, before we do that, can you quickly just say um, where it is that folks can read more about this and learn about the no bonds um, philosophy? Philosophy, mentality, sure. So yeah. a lot of different places. So the best place to start is beckbode.com, B-E-C-K-B-O-D-E.com. That's our website. We have a number of our blogs and and thought leadership published there uh, instagram facebook at beck Bode on instagram i believe it's at beck Bode wm on facebook linkedin we post a lot of uh, places um, um and then you know reaching out with questions at social at beckbody.com is all, always a good way to go we have a great staff that is very responsive and can get you the information uh that you're seeking and point you in the right direction um in terms of introductions, again, I'm Ben Beck. I'm the, I'm the co-managing partner, chief investment officer of, of Beck Bodhi, and here with the lovely Ravia, <laughs> uh, um, who is, uh, I would say, one of the, the big thought leaders and facilitators of all things Beck Bodhi at yeah. Beck Bodhi, um, and very lucky to have you with us. Um, and uh, looking forward to doing more live No Bonds cast. We had a great... Uh, turnout this week and a lot of great questions. We want to continue that and we want to continue growing that opportunity for folks to get direct access to us and our team and, and help them along their journey to financial independence. I love it. Yes. And if you missed the, the live Bondcast from this week, the link is on uh, LinkedIn and on Facebook. So um, check us out at Bodhi and always a pleasure to be with you, Ben. Thank you so much. Likewise, Robbie. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.